horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, welcome back to Winning Ponies. I hope everybody is uh, uh, distanced, but social and safe. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to flatten that line, baby. So keep doing what you're doing. And let's pray that uh, with uh, all of the things that are being put in place, uh, uh, suggestions uh, from the HBPA, they've come up with an amazing guideline. As Folks, this is how we do live racing at your track. And they show the support uh, systems and, and how it should go uh, So on, through this uh, safety guidelines that they put out. And they are really, really good. Anybody that reads that at a track and go, you know what? We can pull off live racing. We just need to do these things. And the tracks that are racing live right now, as you know, no fans in the stands, are doing these things. So let's go right to the source as our first guest, which will be Eric Hamelback, the CEO of the National HBPA, to talk about the importance of these safety guidelines. And now we're starting to get information that Churchill's uh, wanting to start their meetup ASAP without breaking any laws. So they're deferring to the governor. So we thought we'd go to a guy uh, who uh, is. Uh, high up in the governmental process in Kentucky, and that's none other than Damon Thayer, uh, who is uh, a former racetrack guy, and uh, now he was the vice chairman of the Republican Party, and uh, now he's uh, he's uh, moved up the ranks in the senators. So Senator Thayer will be telling us about what the plans are for moving things forward in Kentucky. And then, uh, you know, this wasn't on the national stakes book because they moved it around. We're going to have two races from Oaklawn Park uh, that uh, we're going to look at with my buddy Ed. Uh, the $100,000 bachelor, this is for uh, three-year-old colds. Now, they're back to sprinting here, folks. But remember the horse Eight Rings? Many thought was had a chance to be a two-year-old champion last year. Well, hasn't been out since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and Bob Baffert is bringing him in to Oaklawn Park for the Bachelor. And then the race rate after that is the $125,000 carousel, another six furlong sprint, and guess who's in the field? None other than Bella Fina, who's won over $1.4 million. She's making her first start back. She just missed in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mayor Sprint. She almost caught Covevi, was gaining on Covevi, uh, but uh, didn't quite get there still. She's won $1.4 million. Also in the Million Dollar Club on the outside is Mia Mischief, a Steve Asmussen trainee who loves Oaklawn Park. So that's a look at the outline of the show. Again, let's look at some, some of the top highlights uh, with three guests. We're going to move it right along, and I'm going to Follow the lead of my producer, Josh. I'm going to do everything he tells me to this week. But uh, it does look like the stable area is going to be delayed again at, at Churchill Downs, at least um, until May 5th. Now, that's Churchill Downs and their auxiliary training center, Trackside. So right now, the date's 
Tuesday, May 5th. And uh, the officials at Churchill are um, in ongoing discussions with the state and local officials, public health experts about reopening it. And I'm sure when they read the COVID-19 guidelines and pass those along to the powers to be at Churchill, hopefully they can get this done because, uh, hey, hats off to Foner Park and Will Rogers down, but it'd be nice to see Churchill Downs running again. Of course, uh, you know, we we do have have, uh, Gulfstream and Oaklawn going, Tampa Bay. Those those are the big three on the weekend. Um, So, uh, uh, I would love to see Churchill back down, but again, they have pushed the starting date back just a little bit. And, and speaking of those uh, tracks I just mentioned, um, they, some of the tracks we, you might be playing this week aren't ones you're familiar with because your selections are limited. And, but we're still doing well at winning ponies with our easy win forms. And just this afternoon, in the first race out of the box at Gulfstream Park, had a $1 super that paid $1,779. And over the weekend at Oaklawn Park, uh, we had a uh, – just a 10 cent super that paid $716. The same day, a $1 super five box at Gulfstream paid 656. So go to winning ponies and pull down those easy win forms. So again, uh, Churchill trying to do it. Uh, wish a uh, best of luck to Channing Hill. He is uh, recovering from surgery after a neck and back injury, but his father-in-law, Wayne Catalano says everything went well. And, uh, He's hoping that uh, he's going to be just fine. Last week's Jockey of the Week, Ricardo Santana. Man, when he teams up with Asmussen, it's unbelievable. Other rider news, Johnny V is entering quarantine, but he should be ready uh, by Arkansas Derby weekend. Uh, the, the same as uh, Javier Castellano, who, who had been sidelined after a positive test. So a lot of guys are just kind of flying under the radar for now, taking it easy, getting healthy, and uh, are going to continue to uh, to ride, but uh, not by risking their family or their health. Uh, Foner Park, of course, uh, is going to continue racing. They've extended the meet. Nebraska State Racing Commission, uh, they've moved them out for an extra 12 days of racing. Foner Park's had some amazing days. Got to get back to two of the races we looked at last week. One was the Apple Blossom that's had so many outstanding champions graduate from the field. And this time, from the far outside, an up-and-coming star by the name of CC had only made five lifetime starts coming into this race for trainer Mark McCarthy, but three of those were wins, and she's been getting faster every single race. Victor Espinoza in from Santa Anita to ride a very powerful close. CC got the job over Ollie's Candy, who just missed. This was a great finish. I mean, uh, CC won by a long nose. So uh, I hope you got to watch that one. Third was Point of Honor. And then uh, probably the fastest horses training in the U.S. right now, the Count Fleet Sprint Handicap. Uh, this this was another good How about Whitmore? You want to talk about horse for course. Recorded his ninth victory at Oaklawn Park in 14 starts. Also has four seconds, one-third, and it's the third time that he's won the Count Fleet Sprint. Can't hold it against him that he had to run second last year. All he did was run second to champion Matoli in this race. Second was Flagstaff, 
keep an eye out for him. Put him on your list. A very, very fast close under Joel Rosario. So those were the top races that uh, I, I interviewed with Brian Zipsy last week was our handicapping guest. So uh, some great racing at Oakland Park. We're going to have more of it. We'll be bringing on Steady Eddie Meyer in the third portion of the show. But right now we're going to go to a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk to the top man at the HBPA. He's done a great job putting together those COVID guidelines that I hope everybody's going to use to get these tracks open. So just before uh, we uh, talk to uh, Eric, we're going to have a quick commercial, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a guy that's not a regular guy, though he's not pretentious, is Eric Hamelback. What a great resume that he has. He's the former general manager of Stronex at Dina Springs. And, uh, of course, I told you he's the CEO of the National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. A lot of people ask me, what do those initials mean, John? Well, there you go. <laughs> and now we were able, I guess, it's probably really late in the evening. I'm talking to you from Paris, right? That's right. That's right. Here in Paris at the house, uh, just like a lot of people, uh, in my basement and, um, uh, just slipped on the NFL draft. And, you know, as a, as an LSU alum, I'm excited about this draft coming up. So, well, if during this conversation, Joe, uh, gets the call from the Bengals, give me a shout out. <laughs> I, I, I will. Be I'll become a Bengals fan real quick. <laughs> Uh, there were some great national stories uh, about we're talking about Joe Joe Burris, uh, who uh, you know 
most outstanding quarterback statistically in the last year as any that have ever played the game. And of course he'll be the number one pick and, you know, around these parts, we're hoping to see him play live, especially he's kind of a hero in Ohio with, he started food yeah. drives before they were popular, Eric, but Hey, I digress. Right. I told people a little bit about the national HBPA COVID-19 safety guidelines. And we're yeah. going to talk about it here for, I don't know, maybe we got 10 minutes, but, um, so, uh, and before we go, tell people where they can go to read these because it it is so sensible and it is created with so much logic, and you left no stone unturned. I'm going to go through the major sure. major topics, and then I'm going to let you comment about. Uh, the, the guidelines themselves and who worked on it, how to come up. Uh, we've got uh, policies for maintaining uh, spectatorless racings, uh, starting with mm-hmm. the stable gate and the entrance to the barn area, uh, moving on to suggested cleaning and hygiene protocols, restricted access protocols, access to the jockey's room, uh, restricted protocols. Let me see if I'm missing anything. Hold on, Eric. That's the headlines. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, so, that's, so, that's the headlines. Um, yeah, no, thank you for allowing us to, to talk about this tonight, John. I, it is truly something that we wanted to put together with the hope of racing commissions or governmental agencies that are considering allowing their state's racetrack to operate spectator-free. And, and we've made that pretty clear up front. Uh, ultimately, it is all about being a part of the solution. You know, we want to help provide the access for our horsemen to run their horses, which is what they're bred to do, and do it safely. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns out there, but we have to be productive. And so this was my effort in walking through best practices of several racetracks uh, along with CDC guidelines and trying to put them together in a simple but concise document that our affiliates or, 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 or any entity could hand to the next level agency and say, look, this is, this is what's working. I give a lot of credit to Oaklawn Park, who really helped me with all of their bullet points and, you know, what they've been doing and how it's been working. Gulfstream Park as well. Both HBPA affiliates uh, really helped me assemble this uh, in pieces and parts, allowing me to put it together. And certainly a big uh, a thank you goes to your friend and mine, close friend Jenny Reese, who as always, helps me edit uh, anything I put out there. So, so these best practices are really meant to to drive home the fact that we can do this, uh, yes. it's, and it's being successfully done. And you know, you were talking about Fawner Park, you know, coming into this, and here I am sitting on the edge of my seat the other night, you know, with a pick five ticket at Fawner Park. And I would admit to you that's the first time. <laughs> so, you know, but but when you look at Oaklawn and Gulfstream and Fawner and, and Will Rogers Downs and Remington Park at the Quarter Horses. So, you know, I mean, there are, and, and we thank the regulatory bodies in those states especially who are allowing us to do this because it gives us that platform to prove that we can do it. And hopefully this document will help get that into the right hands. 
Uh, absolutely. Now, um, I've already read it in every bullet point. If somebody wants to see what were Eric and John talking about, is there a place they can go mm-hmm. to see this? Absolutely. You, you can go to our website, um, and it is on the home page. It should pop up as soon as the page populates, um, and it's right there on the front. You, you click the picture, uh, but it says uh, the National HPPA COVID-19 guidelines, and it will take you to all of the bullet points, but you can also download a PDF from that version as well. And, and I would say, John, this is a working document. Obviously, there are going to be changes that need to be made. I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to Donna Brothers, who helped me with, with some of the points that specifically referring around the jocks quarters and, and how the jocks should act. Uh, so this is meant to be utilized um, by our affiliates and, and, and anybody who wants to look at points of reference, best practices that can be used and, and get us back to racing. Well, uh, again, it's not a dry read, folks. It's like, oh, come on, I don't want to read some legal stuff. It's really interesting to to see that you left no stone unturned. Uh, Now, one thing I've got to ask you about, because I've been in a lot of jockeys' rooms, and I've been in some of them that are kind of tight. I know a couple specifically that there's no way you could put six feet between every locker. Uh, how's right. that going to work out? Are they going to go in shifts or you're only allowed in there well, higher to a race you're going to run? Yeah, ultimately, again, you, you know, one of the and a lot of the protocols really were drafted from what Gulfstream Park because they've had to deal with a colony that was moving around a bit. Right. So. Right. But yeah. again, you do have to think a little bit out of the box and also remember that there's nothing else going on within the grandstands. So there are other places that can be utilized as a locker room. So if you need to expand um, into, you know, again, there, there shouldn't be anybody in the press box um, for the most part, but when you're, when you're looking at how to set things up, you can't necessarily think conventionally in this, in this day and age with, um, you know, not having other parts of the building being used that may be an opportunity to expand into another area in that specific example that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's very interesting. There is plenty of room if nobody's there. That's, <laughs> right. That's right. That's for right. sure. But yeah. And I do see, you know, like one of your things is that, you know, uh, the pony people and outriders should wear protective mm-hmm. masks. And, and when you watch it on TV now, you go, yep. They're doing that, yep. you know. Everybody's kind of looking yeah, like and the we're trying range. very hard to, yeah, trying very hard to make sure that that does happen because one point to touch on is any of us can put together policies and protocols, but if you don't have the right people in place to enforce those, and also a population that will comply and have the compliance and and put them into practice, none of this works. And that's where I give the credit to and where the credit is deserved is the the management of these racetracks, the horsemen at these racetracks, you know, they're the ones that are living this day in, day out, and they're getting it done and they're following the procedures and, and allowing for 
these restrictions that, that, you know, they're not the easiest to follow. I mean, when you think about trying to, you know, constantly have a mask on or constantly wearing gloves or, or as I think of the gate crew, think of every time a horse goes in that gate and humans go through that gate, they've got to disinfect it afterwards. You know, it, it's really? a lot of yeah. work. And, and if you're going to do it right and you're going to prevent an out, an outbreak or, or, you know, um, God forbid you, you know, you have to shut things down from a governmental agency, uh, in, input, you know, you, if you don't follow these and you don't have somebody that enforces them and people who are willing to do it and understand the ramifications, if they don't, none of this works. So, uh, a lot of credit should go to the management at these racetracks and the horsemen that are there all the way, you know, from, from the ownership all the way down to the hot walkers, you, you have to have buy-in as a community. Uh, and, and, you know, you become one big family, whether you realize it or not, and you're, you're working towards a common goal, and that's to keep an industry alive. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm down to about uh, two minutes in this interview with Eric Hamelback. Um, now, Eric, w- will you have, like, each of your statewide uh, HBPA uh, directors uh, be sending this uh, PDF or information out to tracks that yes. uh, you know are, are hopefully going to open. I mean, we're looking here in Ohio. We're we're getting we're waiting for the green light for Thistledown and Belterra. So I'm guessing yes. you, you know uh, Dave Bassler would probably be in touch with them. Uh, yes, as, as a matter of up. fact, John. I mean, you know when this. When this really started coming about, there were there were two affiliates that really started the process of saying we need to get something in front of our commission. Okay, so a week ago, when when I started putting my head around this and getting these things researched and put together, Indiana and West Virginia, the the uh, they wanted this document to start giving to their commissions and start you know pushing the, the, the message that we can get horses running, we can get horsemen active and do it safely in a spectator-free environment. So already it's been used in Indiana, West Virginia, Louisiana. Downs has been given these. Um, um, the um, Texas Racing Commission has been given these, again, just as a guideline. But, again, they're also set up. And I, I can send any affiliate, or I have sent them a word document because there are going to be some state regulations that'll need to be spelled out or inserted into these bullet points that may not apply to every area. You know, Iowa is another one who currently is drafting. You know, with this document, they're adding their state-specific guidelines in there. So it's it's really set up to be user-friendly, uh, used as a guideline. But but from the aspect of having the best practices, that is is the goal in order to show people that it's being done well, and being Eric, done well. Eric, you, you, you've done a sensational job with this, and uh, they got the right man uh, behind the big wheel at the HBPA boat here in the United States. And I, I thank you very much for joining us, and I'll, I'll do everything I can to spread the word. You've done a great job, Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. I appreciate it very much. Cincinnati is reading. Uh, Joe Burrow is the pick for Cincinnati. So here we go. 
boy. Yeah, that, that's the best kept secret in America. <laughs> All right, Eric. <laughs> well, thanks for that live heads up here on Winning Ponies. There you go. <laughs> be, be well. I've got to get to break right now. I'm John Engelhardt. We're got Thank Senator you. Damon Thayer coming up. Perhaps uh, he'll want a copy of these uh, guidelines to get into the hands of the people at Churchill Downs, though I'm sure Eric's already made sure that that's happened. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Senator Damon Thayer. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, from the Bluegrass State, Senator Damon Thayer is with us. And uh, Damon, of course, uh, is a big proponent of thoroughbred racing. I don't know if there's many guys in in his uh, situation as a senator that can say that they've actually worked at uh, several racetracks during their career coming up into politics. So he's really got his finger on the pulse of what's best for racing. But when I say the word Kentucky, outside of bourbon and good-looking girls, what do you think of next? You think of racing. Damon Thayer from the great state of Kentucky, how are you? Fast horses, beautiful women, and great bourbon. That's what you think of when you think of Kentucky. Uh, I am doing great, John. It's uh, really good to be back on your show. Well, last time we talked, you were getting off the plane from England. I know that they've had some setbacks recently, but they, like us, are slowly but surely. uh, They they realize that this is an industry that has to go on uh, for the benefit of so many people and horses 
at so many levels. I mean, you can't take an animal that was bred to compete and keep him locked in a stall 24 hours a day. These horses are trained. They were born to run, and they need to continue to run. And meanwhile, the owners, the trainers, everybody on the backstretch, of course, uh, the jockeys, need to make a living. And the industry in Kentucky is so much a part of your heart pulse. Yeah, that's exactly right, John. And I've been calling for the last few weeks for a gradual re-engagement of our economy and urging our governor, Andy Bashir to lead the way on this. And he's, he's finally getting there. I've called specifically that we get Churchill Downs open Um, I was a little disappointed at the news today. Uh, From what I understand from various sources, Churchill Downs put together an excellent plan uh, to reopen with no spectators, uh, to reopen the backside next week on April 28th. That would have been Tuesday. And uh, what I'm told unofficially is they took the plan to the governor and the governor directed them to delay it to May 5th, which is really disappointing because you look at Oklahoma, Nebraska, uh, Arkansas, and Louisiana, and they are, without interruption, running races behind closed doors. Louisiana did it until the end of the fairgrounds meet. We were doing it here at Turfway until they pulled the plug on the meet with three days to go. We can do this. Uh, Right now, horse racing is the only live sport going uh, the uh, advanced deposit wagering betting numbers are double and triple what they normally are, and in some cases more. And we're on three networks every weekend with horse racing because there's no other live product to put out there. So, you know, in an era when content is king, we are ruling the roost. But why can't the horse capital of the world, Kentucky, get back in on this? So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, they can get the barn area open a week from Tuesday, which would be May 5th, and start racing either later that week or potentially the next week on May 13th or 14th. I'm told there are 13 to 1,500 horses in training in Kentucky already at Turfway, at Keeneland, and at training centers uh, in Lexington and just outside of Louisville. And then I'm, I'm told there are 300 to 350 horses at the fairgrounds in New Orleans ready to come here. We, we know that the Oaklawn meet ends on May 2nd, and a lot of those horsemen are going to come back to Kentucky. And then there are Kentucky horsemen at Gulfstream, Tampa Bay Downs, Palm Meadows, Payson Park, all ready to come up and run in, in Kentucky. So we, we need to get this thing back open with no spectators using the, the proper protocols and then ease our way back into – uh, probably limited capacity crowds, and then you know later on full capacity crowds. And uh, I just hope it doesn't go on much longer because the effect on the economy here uh, has a tremendous multiplier effect uh, on on livelihoods and businesses and families, uh, affecting both the horse industry and other industries. Because if you, you're if you're putting money in the hands of the people who work in the horse industry. They're going to go out and spend it. They're going to spend it on their mortgage and, and, and on gas and on groceries and going to restaurants when we get them back open. So 
uh, it's a pretty comprehensive effect it has on the economy, and hopefully we can get it back going here in the next two weeks. It, re- it really does, Damon, and I-, I preach this a lot on this show and pretty much in my life, is that the, 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 there's, the, there's the unsung people whose livelihood is dependent, and I'm talking about the farms, not that are just raising and breeding horses, I'm talking about the farms that grow the hay, uh, the farms that offer layups, the uh, the uh, the the leather crafters, uh, the, the transport people that bring the hay and the feed uh, to take care of these horses. It, it's such an amazing, uh, you know, you, you'll throw the pebble in the pond thing. The ripple effect of horse racing is just unbelievable. Right down to the corner gas station that's got to gas up that truck to get to Churchill Downs to drop off his hay that a trainer needs. I mean, it is a, an amazing stimulus uh, to the economy and in Kentucky. Kentucky, let's face it, you know, you, you named the top three things people think about when they think about Kentucky. But as far as money making is concerned, uh, you'd have to put the good looking women in third. <laughs> I'm sure bourbon's still going good because if they can't sell the bourbon industry, they can make sanitizer. But uh, certainly horse racing, as far as an employer and an entertainment source, which we need so bad right now, Damon, it, it, it's paramount. And, and you guys, that's what you're known for in Kentucky. Hopefully we can get it going soon. And, and obviously I'd like to see the tracks in West Virginia, Indiana, Ohio open up as well because our Kentucky horsemen race there also. And um, the other thing that we haven't talked about is the, the horse sales. Uh, n- not only you know private horse sales, but the public auctions at Keeneland and Phasic Tipton. It's sort of frozen right now. You've got people... Uh, sitting on two-year-olds in training that can't sell them at the sales. And then that takes money out of their cash flow that they would use to come back in the fall and buy yearlings. These are, you know, the pin hookers. Right. Uh, we, 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 and, and, you know, people aren't – I'm a big believer in the free market economy and in capitalism as the greatest force for good in the world. And it, it thrives on confidence. And right now – we need confidence that horse racing is going to return so people will continue to invest in buying horses to race in the future. And horse racing and owning, owning horses is a discretionary pursuit. I'm involved in a handful of, of um, uh, horse racing partnerships uh, at a very, very small level. That's the great thing about partnerships. They, they allow you know, normal guys like me to invest a little bit of money and, and have some fun with a group of people. But it's, it's a discretionary uh, investment. And, uh, you know, in order for people to have the confidence to continue buying horses, which drives an important part of the economy, uh, they've got to have races. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we can get this thing rolling here in, in about two weeks. You know, normally we'd be getting ready for opening night at Churchill Downs on Saturday, closing day at Keeneland would be tomorrow. The Derby would be a week from Saturday. When, by the way, the forecast is for it to be 74 and sunny. (laughs) After, I don't know, three or four years of rain and cold, um, we, 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 we need to get this thing back open and, uh, and get back to some sense of normalcy so that we can have confidence that we can be back at full steam when the Kentucky Derby is set to run on the first Saturday in September later this year in the Breeders' Cup in November at Keeneland. Now, Damon, I have to ask you, in your role, everything you told me, you know I absolutely agree with. Um, 
But do you get to say these very words to the governor and to your other state senators? I say it to other state legislators, but we have a Democrat governor who was elected last fall in a plurality, and he doesn't really have a good working relationship with the supermajorities that the Republicans hold in the House and the Senate. As a matter of fact, the last conversation he had with any of us was five weeks ago. Uh, he, does not, he does not communicate with us, the, 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 the people's branch of government. So the, the answer is no. Uh, I've, been, I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now in interviews like this and uh, on TV and radio and newspaper and uh, podcasts and, and, and on my own social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and, um, you know, I've just been talking about it and trying to, you know, use the little megaphone that I have that's not as big as the one that he has to say the very same things that I'm talking about tonight, a gradual re-engagement of our economy. Nobody's saying, let's flip the switch and go back to normal. I'm saying, let's phase it in. Let's use the CDC protocols. And when it comes to horse racing, you look around at the other handful of states that are doing it. If they're doing it there, we can certainly do it here in Kentucky. Churchill Downs, which runs the, the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby every year and the Breeders' Cup every few years, they can handle this. I'm quite confident. Yeah, I, I, I am too. And, and they know what's at stake. Uh, they also uh, realize it's not, it's not going to be the, the moneymaker they always ex- expected now. But I'm sure, hey, Labor Day is usually a pretty nice weekend, as I recall. So that wouldn't be a bad time to have the Kentucky Derby, Damon. Well, my producers tell me I only got a minute left. So what would be your parting words to our audience, Senator Damon Thayer? If you want to urge Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir to get horse racing going again, call his office, 502-564-2611. Let's hope we're back at it here soon with the Sport of Kings here in the Bluegrass State and some of our surrounding states. Nothing wrong with a direct message. And, uh, you know, politicians live for the people that elect them. And so he he best answer that phone and take their message, Damon. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time for us. And I appreciate you you spreading the word. Damon Thayer, be well, my friend. Thank you, John. It's always great to be on your show. All right. Take care. Well, all right. Well, uh, Damon is uh, carrying the banner for us out to the uh, uh, the politicians uh, in the state of Kentucky. Let's get this baby up and going. And now we're going to talk to a guy that's worked at racetracks in Kentucky for pretty much a good part of his adult life. That'd be none other than a man I so much admire. That's right. His name is Ed Meyer, and he's coming up next on Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with me, I've run his resume down so many times. Your people ought to have it memorized. Uh, but he is a Kentucky kid and uh, grew up going to the races there and across the river, beautiful River Downs. And today, Ed Meyer and I uh, shared a, uh, a a video that had been uh, recorded at Turfway Park. And it was a bulldozer starting at the top, bringing the roof down on the uh, the top floors at Turfway Park as it's being dismantled. And as much as of a part of, uh, you know, my history in the game that, that the Turfway was, it wasn't quite as um, gut-wrenching as watching River Downs <clears throat> be taken down. But nonetheless, uh, you know, just seeing another track go away, even though I think it's going to come back bigger and stronger, it was kind of different. Ed, your feelings on watching that video. Johnny, and hey, I enjoyed Damon Thayer being on there. Once upon a time, I uh, actually had the pleasure of working with Damon at Turfway, and uh, I'll tell you what, he's not afraid, and he doesn't mince words, and uh, man of the people, as you said. But today, I, I get up, and it's a, it's a cool, rainy day in northern Kentucky. I make my way over there, and... I cut my teeth going to two tracks. Turfway Park, Latonia prior to that, became Turfway Park when I was 18 years old and River Downs. But today they were tearing down one that I saw, and that was Turfway. Now, I thought I'd be one of the only people in the lot, and there was about 50 cars out there. People were videoing, taking pictures. And I'll tell you what, it was a great idea by Chip Bach, the general manager. He was doing Facebook Live for those that are at home, you know, sheltering at home. They were taking their time. They, were, they really didn't want to get out among the people. And you were able to see the entire event take place. John, I, I, I really didn't think it would affect me as such, but I had a lump in my throat the size of an apple. I mean, I've been going there since I've been a, a little boy with my dad, my grandpa. So and you were a little boy the once? place crumble. What was that? You were, once a, you were once a little boy? Well, 
I, I was. I, I was younger. Well, how about younger? Can we say younger? Younger is good. I'm sorry. You set me up. You set me up. Oh, you yourself. know, I, I did. I, you know, I, I kind of tripped myself up on that one for sure with you. But, you know, I, I saw it, John. But I think you touched on it. It's going to come back bigger and better. I think uh, CDI Churchill is, is going to do this right. They have the right people in place, and I, I think Chip did a remarkable job by allowing those that wanted to take part to watch. And I think once Churchill has the new building come up out of the ground, it's going to be spectacular. I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but the, these are strange days. I did. Uh, I finally made a bet at Will Rogers Down. I bet the Will Rogers <laughs> Stakes, and I, I won. I came home a winner, and I was like, "Yeah, I like this." You know, it, now in midweek, early week, it's it is kind of strange with Fodder and Will Rogers out there. But we're still getting a really good product from uh, Gulfstream and Tampa, and in, in particular Oaklawn Park, who's kind of you know reshuffled the deck as far as their stakes are concerned and uh, so um, it was supposed to be a, a big weekend for golden gate fields uh they are on hiatus <clears throat> even though they were scheduled to run um our attention turns to oaklawn park and uh it, it, you probably weren't listening at the top of the show with eric hamelback but you know the, the, he put out a new covid19 guidelines for tracks that want to race at spectatorless venues and it's so detailed that it doesn't miss a thing i mean you could not be safer if you go by these guidelines and he said basically he took a page from oaklawn park uh they've done such a great job and because of that they've got the extended meet we're gonna have the arkansas derby on what would be kentucky derby day but they shuffled a couple nice stakes uh, forward uh for for this saturday uh, two sprints uh the bachelor for the boys and the carousel for uh, the ladies. And I'll tell you what, these popped up as some really solid races. <clears throat> Let's start with the boys, Ed. Uh, the bachelor stakes at Oaklawn Park. Obviously, uh, all eyes, and I think the horse I'm going to key on top is going to be eight rings. Uh, horse, uh, if not for some bad steps in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, probably would have been crowned the undefeated two-year-old champion last year. Instead, the horse that won that race, Storm the Court, got the crown. But, uh, hey, it's a Bob Baffert trainee. The last two starts were longer than what he'll be starting at on Saturday, six furlongs. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, Ed, have you looked at the workout pattern for eight rings of late? Oh, that was the selling point. And once again, if you get five to two, lock it in now. John, that was a 59 for five furlongs, handily out of the gate, the best of 29. There was another bullet, and then there was a spectacular going seven panels. Eight rings is turning back. The son of Empire Maker is turning back from a mile and a 16th after a five-month layoff. But if you go back... All the way back to August 4th, 2019, he wins by a commanding six and a quarter lengths under Drayden Van Dyke, breaking the maiden at Del Mar. This cult can sprint. This is not a problem here. And I think it's a wonderful position to be in here. Joel Rosario, who wins 26% of the time with, with early type runners. I, how about Baffert? He's had nine starts, five wins in a second. He's winning 56% of the time with a yeah. small sampling. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that is amazing. 
<clears throat> another thing, if you want to go back to this horse's conditioning uh, that I like too, is another bullet work back in March 14th at Santa Anita. But again, Ed, out of the gate, going today's distance. Best work of the day. That was a smaller uh, group that it came from. But then if you look at his March 22nd work, he was the best of 19 at six furlongs. And you got to know there's probably some halfway decent horses uh, that are working in the mornings at Santa Anita. Uh, it just looks like this horse is so sitting on go. Uh, Joel Rosario is, is going to ride the horse. Now, he's been out there, but he, he takes a limited amount of mounts. And then he's, he has a little house he's staying at out by the lake. So he's totally isolated. But, you know, he has to, doesn't have to worry about any, you know, COVID restrictions or anything like that. He's there. He's settled down. He's going to run. And uh, his agent has uh, Joel and Johnny V, uh, who's going to be uh, c coming out of hiding here for Arkansas Derby weekend. But, yeah, you know, eight rings looks like the key. So who do you put underneath? I got two horses marked off here, Ed. I like Echo Town from the Asmussen barn, Asmussen Santana, winning in a 20% clip, owner-trainer. Uh, it's just a horse that if you look at him, it just seems to get uh, faster and faster. Uh, last one, he handled the slop. I don't know the weather report in Oaklawn. And the other horse I like is Long Weekend. Uh, there are the top four finishers out of the local prep for the Bachelor. It's called the Gazebo, um, are all in this race. And Long Weekend won that race in hand by four lengths. Uh, Tom Amos, is, he's on a roll right now. And so four lifetime starts, three wins, and one of those at Oaklawn. That's exactly who I take. It is exactly the two that I have. I have eight rings over a long weekend in Echo Town for third. And you were asking about the weather. Friday, they're going to get some rain. Now, on Friday afternoon, they're going to get some rain, but it's going to be overnight. But Saturday's going to be perfect, sunny, and 72, so you're going to have a drying track. So whatever's typically happening on Friday, we're going to say that you might see a sloppy seal track. They may seal it, you know, anticipation of the rain. But whatever happens on Friday, we'll start changing on Saturday. So if you see a, a dominance of speed, you're going to see horses really gripping down because there's going to be a good amount of moisture in it. So you're going to get some good weather on Saturday. But, John, as usual, I mean, I think we've handicapped too long together. It's, we've got the same exact three. I know, I know, you know, I just, uh, and again, you know, the strength of eight rings is Bob Barefoot and his uh, training regimen. And I've got to think that obviously this horse is uh, back on his toes, put a line through the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. There's always some very good horses that you can do that with every year. And so the, the interesting thing is that, you know, this horse is nominated the Triple Crown. This is a horse that could benefit from... Churchill changing the date of the Derby. You know, this is sure. another horse, you know, because we don't know. You know what's going to happen, but we don't know what races. There's going to be Derby points floating around these summer races, you know, to get horses just like eight rings back in the gate. And, uh, you know, I just think this is the first step. I know it's six furlongs, but now he's in no rush. You know, it, it's, it's still April. And now he's got until September to see if Eight Rings wants to stretch out. Um, so, uh, yes, we've been handicapping together way too long. Well, listen, how about the carousel? This is kind of uh, the inside and the outside. 
All right, 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 right off the gate, we got four minutes left, just so you know. Um, that uh, Bellafina, I mean, absolutely the class. I mean, you you look at her, and she has not, according to my racing form, since August of 18th, running anything but grade one and grade two races. Most of those grade ones, a winner of $1.4 million. It's her first race back. Um, and then the other horse, Mia Mischief, who herself has been running against very classy fields uh, throughout her career, is an obvious horse for course. She was second in this race last year, uh, and she just came off a really nice tightener in an optional claimer, 62000 uh, The other one I'm going to throw in the mix because she loves Oaklawn and is always there is Amy's Challenge. <laughs> well, we're only two out of three this time, John. I I think Bellafina, if you get anywhere near eight to five, you're getting a big deal there. You're right. I mean, this is a huge, huge drop in class. Now, I'm assuming that all systems are go with Bellafina. Okay, you're dropping back to a sprint. Shouldn't be a problem because she's one for one at six furlongs. Joe Talamo's doing very well out there. Simon Callahan is the conditioner here. The drop in class really sends up lights here. This is a prep. Like you said, we've got added time to that, uh, to that. To the big races are, are going to be erupting. And by the way, even Damon kind of tickled the water there a little bit that Keeneland's actually going to be having a, a magnificent day of racing, you know, in preparation for the Derby. So there's plenty down the road. Six furlongs now is, is a good thing. I love Bellafina. I agree with you all the way around. She's a solid stalker, a beaten favorite last time out, going to turn the tables day. I love me a mischief for the same reasons you do. But the only difference I go with is on the third. In I go with What a Fox, David Cohen for Robertino Diodoro. Now, if you've been watching what's been happening at Will Rogers and Fonner Park, boom, this guy is lighting them up. I mean, yeah. everywhere he takes his runners, it's they're just they're rolling. I know, and I'm embarrassed that I don't know where he came from, but I see his name <laughs> everywhere now. He's got to have 80 horses in training. Well, he's had 205 starts on the year, and he's winning 24% here at Oakland, which is incredible. I, what a fox is four for six in money. David Cohen, in my opinion, is a bit underrated. Been off for 56 days. I'm tossing that out. Last race out was fell back and then made, made a nice little run with Orlando Mojica. You're switching to Mojica to a bit of a, of a more ranked rider out there. Nothing against Orlando Mojica because I actually love the way he rides. And he's done very well in the past, but what a fox is going to complete my tribe. But John, we are right on it together. All right, Ed. Well, those are always good words. I, I know I've only got a minute left because I can see Josh, our producer. But there's going to be a good race uh, to tomorrow at Oak Lawn. Uh, the return of of what they thought was a horse on the Derby Trail, No Parole, Louisiana bred, who is just a phenom at six furlongs. He's getting the rail. He's got speed. Tom Amos is training. It'll be interesting to watch the return of no parole, but there's at least three horses in there. Hopcat, Juggernaut, and big returns that are, you know, worth a look at, perhaps underneath or perhaps as upsetters. You know, anytime you see Tom Amos saddle up, John, he's there for real. And I can't really strike on that one enough. I'm a big Tom Amos fan, and if there's been any works 
down south at the fairgrounds, anywhere in Louisiana, and he's shipping out. He's shipping out with a purpose in mind. There's only one other guy that I know that really does this, and when he when he ships out of his out of his comfort zone, he only gets stronger. And that's Ron Ellis from California coming to Kentucky. But Tom Amos. Anywhere he goes, he, he's definitely in my exactus for sure because I have the greatest respect. I, I can't agree with you more on, on, on Tom's horses. Well, it'll be a fun race to watch. That's tomorrow, the 10th race at Oak Lawn. If you're Eastern Standard Time, that would be 6.38. Ed Meyer, as always, thank you so much for joining me. I love you, brother. Be well. John, be safe and be safe to all of your listeners out there. Stay at home. Hey, we're all in this together, and it's going to be post time soon enough. Just hang in there. I love it. All right. Ed Meyer, the former host of Winning Ponies with us. I want to thank Eric Hamelback from the HVPA and Senator Damon Thayer from the Bluegrass State of Kentucky. I want to thank my producer, Josh, because he kept me in line, and I'm getting ready to shut my pie hole so I can get him out in time. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.